0: to the secrets of the yoginis. In this podcast, I seek to explore the ancient wisdom of holistic health and share the very best secrets to help you experience vitality, wellness, and self-efficacy in your longevity. I'll interview wellness thought leaders. Listen as we explore holistic practices and the connections with nature.
1: Welcome, and I am so excited to present this interview to you. I was able to sit with Lindsay Gujard, licensed therapist here in California, and learn so much from her. In this podcast, you are going to learn tips for mental health, wellness, and how you can really even offer some self-assessment to yourself. She gives us some great ideas on how you can help yourself today, in the moment, and then also what you can bring if you decide to work with a therapist or if you're already working with a therapist. Some things that you can bring to your therapy sessions to make the most of it and to really create a dynamic Experience for yourself. So, I've got all of this information in the the show notes. So, I can't wait to get started. Listen to this amazing interview with Lindsay Gouchard. Thank you so much for being here. Is that Lindsay? Yes. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, welcome, and thank you for joining me to discuss Secrets of the Yoginis with me, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. Um, I have had the pleasure of getting to know you through a program we did together and even worked with you, which I loved um, and look forward to doing more of. But I'm, I am I thought it would be perfect to interview you because what you do is... Um, is help families, people, individuals, and women. who. So tell me a little bit more about who you serve specifically. Absolutely. So I am a licensed therapist and I serve my
2: clients online in California. So my license is in California, but it started my private practice. I just before the pandemic to go online. So I do see Mm -hmm. my clients um, through a HIPAA-compliant video chat. And the individuals who I work with are struggling with anxiety, Mm -hmm. social anxiety, depression, isolation, and are possibly having trouble in their relationships either at home or at work or at school.
1: Okay, okay. That is, it's amazing. It's really great that you're doing it online especially you know you were able to adapt it to an online platform after the pandemic and we were still in the pandemic right so it's helpful especially with um with what you're serving people with social anxiety do you find that after the pandemic there's there's just more of that or has it transformed in a new shape than you've Recognize before the pandemic? Does that make sense? <laughs>
2: There's definitely more anxiety, and it's, it's, it's cropping up in, in people who have never necessarily experienced social anxiety before, but uh, it might be more transformed to just fear of getting COVID.
0: So, uh,
2: uh, yeah, so, so probably avoiding things that they would have done before the pandemic.
1: I see. I know. I you know, it's so interesting. I I notice how we all comport ourselves now with a bit more ease than at that beginning point of the pandemic. And I was actually the f- person in my family who would go out and get stuff. So I feel like I was a little more socially integrated than mm-hmm. the rest of my family members. And I've noticed that they they really they don't, they still don't feel comfortable going, (laughs) going out for the groceries and things. They sort of avoid it. Yeah. What I,
2: Um, what I try to liken it to is, uh, all, all of our social rubber bands have been tightened up, you know, those rubber bands that are small and thick and they're like, you try to pull on them, but there's no give whatsoever. That's kind of where we've come, like our social rubber bands have, uh, contracted. And so any, any sort of baby step to try to stretch that rubber band and to get it thinner and more Mm -hmm. pliable is a step in the right direction. But of course, we always have the, you know, the uh, idea of making sure we're, we're doing everything within our control to make us feel safe.
1: Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. And what you're describing to me is sort of the yoga philosophy of being flexible having that flexibility and openness to really embracing the world and allowing for the chaos. And it sounds to me, and I've, I've seen this with my clients too, that constraint that you're describing, that lack of plasticity or flexibility is really impacting a lot of people, a lot of people that you serve. Yeah. Wow. Um, how, so how did you get to this point of serving people online, helping people with their anxiety? How did you get here? So it was, uh, it's, it's basically having to do a lot
2: with who I started seeing in my training years uh, mm-hmm. So I was able to, uh, basically all of us therapists before, or it, it like, I think we start, yeah, we start at the near the end of our master's program. And then we move on to years of trying to obtain 3000 hours of, of face-to-face or 3000 hours of, uh, a, a, a combination of different things. But we have this huge goal to try to make it so that we are, um, Eligible to take our license exam. And so in that goal, my idea was to be in a number of different locations so I could try to see what community I wanted to serve. And so in my experience, I've been a drug and alcohol counselor. I've been a school-based counselor. I've served the general public in my local community center. Um, So I've had a wide variety of different communities that I've served. So in that time, I was able to kind of whittle down what kind of clients I, I feel like I work with kind of the best and the kind of Mm -hmm. tools that I have uh, to help uh, give to them so that they, yeah, they can make these baby steps to getting a little bit more ease with that rubber band.
1: That's wow. You have such a great background. I didn't realize that you needed 3000 practical hours to take (laughs) to take the test yeah
2: and that's after all of the education as well
1: (laughs) it's it's
2: it's the I mean uh not everybody is required to do psychology in undergrad but I did Mm -hmm. I did psychology in undergrad master's program and then uh and then that's when it kind of kicks off where you get all of these hours and they're all signed by a supervisor that's a licensed
1: therapist Mm -hmm.
2: And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we turn in all those hours to the board of behavioral sciences in our state. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when they say, okay, you
1: can take the test. That's great. So, and so when you are a licensed therapist, we are in good hands. <laughs> you, are, Typically speaking, you have the experience, the background, the training, the support of your, your, your professional community. That that's true that's amazing have you have you found you know this is just an off the cuff question but have you found that through this process of being a therapist that you create boundaries for yourself having to take on all of that energy I work with energetic modalities and I find that I really have to do that myself what about you how do you how do you take care of yourself Sure. Uh, So uh,
2: part of our part of our education program, they have us they have us interview other licensed therapists uh, for, you know, for any kind of common frequently asked questions that come up. And so that was one that came up is how do you how do you separate work and what's happening in the therapy room and how do you go home and make dinner? for your family, how do you go and relax? And so there were a couple of people who I really enjoyed their answers. And so I try to do a myriad of what they, they have done. So one of my professors, he said that he does not go home to his family until he's able to release whatever happened that day in session. And so he said that he would just drive around the block until he was able to start thinking of something else. And so that's something that he did. And it was just kind of a, a, a check in for himself. He didn't want to take um, whatever sensitive situation that he was dealing with at work into his home.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and so I liked that idea. And then I also interviewed another therapist. And she said what she liked to do is she liked to visualize putting her clients to bed and locking yeah. the door of her office. So she would say good night to all of the clients <laughs> that she had seen and communicated and connected with that day. And part of that, uh, the beginning part of that act, is to just make sure that all of our files are updated and all of the mm-hmm. notes that we've taken for that session, so that we can keep progressing with each client, are are all you know are all done. And then and then we just kind of tuck them into the whatever what, however we keep our files to make mm-hmm. them secure. Um, and then. We close the door, lock it, and say good night.
1: Good night. Oh, that's so, I love that visualization of saying good night. <laughs> it was really comforting. I'm <laughs> tucking you that. into bed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you are at rest now. Do you, so I, so, so many of us in the pandemic work from home. Um, my, I have a personal story here. My husband, he works in the news media, and having that in our home is very difficult. How in your, in your home, how do you tuck your, your clients to bed in your, in your home? Do you have a little ritual that you do or how do you work that? It helps, it
2: helps to be able to process what went on in session right after a session. So our sessions are typically 50 minutes long and that, and so the reason that they're 50 minutes long is that we have a 10-minute time frame to uh, to write down some things that we can uh, that we can store away for when we're closing up the notes. But then also to have you know a restroom break or you know an eating right. a little snack break. So it's kind of already baked into this session. So that hour that I see a client, we all we always know that it ends at the 50, so that I can do that portion. And so it's the the act of putting them to bed is the mm-hmm. act of kind of um, being able to process what happened. Mm-hmm. So even if, it's, even if it's baked into a workday, we, we bake in a, maybe a half an hour to maybe just jot down some thoughts or mm-hmm. record our voice of what happened, just to try to get the thoughts mm-hmm. that have come up from the workday out on, either onto paper, if we're okay with that, or onto a voice memo so that we have something to listen to the very next day. Mm -hmm. So we
1: don't have to keep that in our heads, the stress.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I really love that. I use voice memos too. And it really helps me um, just to organize my time Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to I I don't know, the voice memo really works for me. Being a therapist, is there a like a, a reason that I would orient to voice memo since I've got you here, Lindsay? Is that some sort of vestibular learning style? Curious. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I
2: had, I had someone, uh, I had someone ask me what my learning style, it was a professor and it was full of a class of people. And the, and the professor had noted that they were a kinesthetic learning style. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what is going on with my personality, (laughs) but I was just like, oh, you're a kinesthetic learning style. I am too. And I had a, a tendency to want to join in with whatever, you know, whatever someone else said that they were because I didn't really know what I was and so um basically what I have found is that I'm more audio visual so I like TED talks I anything any sort of you know presentation where someone is talking and then also providing visual aids that Mm -hmm. is a wonderful mix for me because um I find that when I'm just listening, I do, I, I do have an active imagination, so I'm able to picture what it is someone's saying. Mm-hmm. But when someone is not making me work that hard <laughs> and they're yeah. providing, like, really quick visual aids, um, it's, it's really helpful. And uh, especially when we do the word p- pictures, like, the you know, the rubber band that's too tight, so that's, it's, it's just an mm-hmm. automatic association to the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it is so amazingly helpful.
1: Hmm. Wow, I love how you explain that. Thank you for sharing that. I my um, the reason I ask is my children in their schools, they, at the beginning of this year, they were all eased into school very nicely um, very, intentionally I thought and they both schools did personality tests and learning style tests and my son came home and mentioned that he was an um an audio visual learner and I was like oh yeah I am too because I haven't really done a test like that in a really long time um and I feel like if you haven't it may be a good opportunity to to check that out I um For all of the listeners who may be hearing this, I think it's a really great thing. Do you have, do you do things like that, Lindsay? Like learning Uh, style? I would have
2: to probably research that for the things that I have is more (laughs) personality based. Um, Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I did that personality um, program with you and I I really enjoyed it. I thought you did, you, you really brought out a lot of interesting things for me that day that we worked together. I appreciate I'm so glad. it. Ah! So tell me, just tell me what you think, why it would matter um, if we make positive health and wellness choices, how would that matter to our mental health, our habits, our rituals? How does that impact our mental health every day? Uh,
2: it, it, it seems like when it comes to anxiety, whether it's, The feeling that consumes us or something that we feel uh, when we're venturing outside of our comfort zones, Mm -hmm. I find that the whole goal of anxiety is to keep us small and to keep Mm -hmm. us living small and to keep us in a box. Mm -hmm. And when we decide to break out of that box and we decide to live larger than our anxiety allows The rewards on the other side of anxiety are many or most times unimaginably good.
1: Mm. Yes, I
2: agree. Yeah, and so um, I'm not the person I am today than I was a few years ago, not just by getting older, but it's also because I've experienced a pattern in my life where I felt stuck and I felt trapped and I didn't see a way out. And it was that box, that really tight box. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: That's when someone encouraged me to go seek help. And after hemming and hawing for a while, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I decided to take them up on it. And the person who I saw not only validated what I was experiencing, but they showed me how I could move past it. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be quick. It wasn't going to be easy, but they at least showed me how to move past it. And then I was able to partner with other people who were able to take me
1: to even further mm-hmm.
2: distances.
1: That's amazing. Do you find that the, the skills that you gleaned from that experience, I mean, obviously you, it sent you on a, maybe it was during your trajectory toward becoming a therapist, but do you find that you apply those skills every day I apply the skills every
2: day that keep me growing and it's not necessarily um, the specific types. I'm actually always looking for new skills because mm-hmm. just like um, just like the box that keep us small and just like working out um, mm-hmm. sometimes our body gets too comfortable with the tools that we've used in the past. And so always introducing new ways of growing is something that I am fascinated with.
1: Me too, right. It keeps, for me, I, I also do that as well. I feel like I, I need to do that because I'm, I'm constantly seeking new ways of improving myself and um, going past those boundaries that you described about feeling small, I too have that kind of um, anxiety that I have worked through, um, and I I can relate to what you're talking about. I, um, I guess what I'm, what I'm really loving about what you're saying is that we can use this kind of work that you're describing dynamically every day to really seek out new ways of um, learning how to move past anxiety, feeling small, and just growing as, a, as an individual. That's, um, that's powerful. Do you work with your clients in this way to help orient them to that kind of work?
2: I, I do, uh, but the, the one thing about therapy that is quite different from coaching is mm-hmm. that um, coaching is more um, me helping to introduce material uh, kind of on a, if, if someone's walking with me, I'm, I'm showing them material all the time and it's uh, it's more, it's more uh, I guess education led.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and then with therapy, there's definitely times where I introduce something into the session, but it's, it's definitely a lot slower. Uh, depending on where the client is at. And so what the client comes in uh, to session with is what we are working with. And so Mm -hmm. we're going very slowly. Um, And that's sometimes a great thing And sometimes it's not, (laughs) sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm able to come in and say, Hey, you know, we've been talking about this situation and it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere. What can we do differently? That's going to move us past where we are right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's definitely more client centered versus uh, you know, when I'm coaching, I'm definitely doing a lot more uh, psychoeducation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and bringing in uh, a lot more resources and just kind of (laughs) Mm -hmm. throwing it out
1: there and seeing what sticks. Right. So the processing part of therapy um, is really directed from the client. That's that's interesting. Thank you for answering that question for me. I've, I've never interviewed a therapist and I've had several <laughs> and I, um, I love learning your, your perspective on it. Thank you so much. Um, something I wanted to ask you about something that's in the health coaching world. People talk about all the time is biohacking. And do you ever have clients ask you if there's any way to hack therapy Anyway, to a therapy mm. hack or processing, any kind of quick processing tips? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, hmm.
2: Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of things that I think with mental health that are very helpful, and that's journaling and reading books and mm. um, and watching TED talks. If if there's a specific situation that we just want more answers. It's kind of, um, finding, finding YouTube videos, finding therapy channels, um, for YouTube that, um, they're more topical in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has been amazingly helpful for me to dive deeper into anxiety, dive deeper into depression, um, dive deeper into, procrastination I mean there's just a lot of the topical things and all of that information is available on the internet so that is a big a big hack
1: (laughs) that is a big hack I love it yeah it's such a wonderful like online university almost depending upon how you really look at it but I know a lot of people are becoming self-educated just by um, looking things up <laughs> online. For sure, yeah. I think
2: uh, I think a big thing that would be helpful from a therapist standpoint if someone was to go into session and say like, "Hey, is there are there any books or you know any any mm-hmm. things that are um, centered around what it is that I'm struggling with." that's a good session all in itself it's uh you're you're giving the information to the therapist about what it is the current struggle is and then they're Mm -hmm. able to sift through all of the education that they've uh got and they're able to give you the books that actually have changed their client's life or changed their life so it's a little bit more um Able to pinpoint the resources that instead of sifting through the entire internet.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Lindsay, this is really great information because I know, okay, so I know my daughter's generation, she's 15 her I listen to her and her friends talk they all talk about going to therapy oh my therapist said this oh yeah I I went to my family therapist I went to my personal therapist and my daughter always observes that my generation therapy is so heavy and i I do know many people who have never gone to therapy and you know for whatever reason what for whatever if it's generational or personal, we don't really know. But I love how if you were per- to prepare to go to therapy and have this kind of a cliff notes, ask your therapist about books. It could really help to bolster the impact of processing with a therapist um, when, if you do take that opportunity to do that. Absolutely. I love that. Do you now, I know you mentioned YouTube and I know you have a channel, which I watch and I, I love how you have these topics that are so on point for individuals to find and to do this in their own time. How did you come along to create a channel like this? Absolutely. Uh,
2: so what it was really kind of a breadcrumb situation uh so what was happening um a few years ago was I had turned in my 3,000 hours Mm -hmm. and I had been eligible to take my license exam and I studied and I took it and I didn't see the word that I thought I would see instantly And so what that meant for my uh, continuous journey was that it was going to take a little bit longer than I had previously thought to get my license. Mm -hmm. And so what was happening was I was feeling like I was shoving a lot of amazing information into my system. But I had no way of squeezing it out to make room for more information. So I kind of felt like an oversaturated sponge. Yes. And so what I ended up doing, even in my studying time, is I decided that I was going to create a mental health blog called the thetravelingtherapist.com. That's a plural therapist, because mm-hmm. the therapist, the traveling therapist is a thing and it's already taken. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I started that blog a couple of years ago and every single week I decided to, um, feature a song that was, uh, kind of, uh, going around the radio and then mm-hmm. also feature a Ted talk and try to match it up to a specific topic. And so I was doing this weekly for A couple of years and that's when my husband said you know you really need to translate this onto YouTube so that more people can find it and I Mm -hmm. told him that that was not happening (laughs) (laughs) I know I know there was uh, just kind of like seeking help when I wasn't getting the password uh when I wanted to um I just kind of resisted it because I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be put on camera. And so that was anxiety keeping me small. And so what uh, I ended up doing was I ended up going into kind of a free, a free three-day challenge online for, uh, I think it was an entrepreneur type of business. And the, the whole challenge was called the visibility challenge. Okay. And so we were, we were commissioned for the last 90 days of that year. I think it was 2018. We were commissioned to find the one thing that would help us get our business or whatever it was uh, that we were doing visible. And so I knew at that time that going Facebook live mm-hmm. was terrifying <laughs> I know. So, (laughs) what I decided to do along with somebody else in the challenge was we decided to create a place, a a Facebook group um, that was called. Facebook Live practicing group. And so it was everybody, we invited everybody from the challenge into that group and then we closed it just to make it as safe mm-hmm. as possible. We knew it was all female entrepreneurs and that you could participate as much or as little as you liked. And the whole idea was we wanted a, a place to go Facebook Live before we did it on our business pages. Just okay. to kind, kind of like a Toastmasters for Facebook Live. I love it. Yeah. And so we did that. And so I, so my challenge for myself after the visibility challenge was I'm going to go Facebook live Monday through Friday for 90 days. Yes. And I did that. The whole time in that group. And so that's what I did Monday through Friday, I would, I would only go live for a couple of minutes in it. And at first, it, uh, I just talked about my day and then uh, other people were saying that they didn't know what like, they didn't know what to say. So mm-hmm. what I started to do was give daily prompts and YouTube videos that gave us some context for a question that we could answer. And so I did that Monday through Friday for 90 days. And then the 90 days were coming up. And I was like, I've got to keep this thing going. I've got to progress. I've got to grow. I've got to step up. And so then I did uh, 30 days, Monday through Friday, going live on my business page. Okay. And each live, I know, and each live was featuring a blog that I did that week. Perfect. And so I took that footage. And I started the YouTube channel with what I had already done. So for a long time, I was just kind of re, uh, repurposing, yeah, repurposing the um, everything that I was doing from Facebook Live. And so that's how my YouTube channel started. And then I just, I just kind of experimented with other things.
1: I love it. You know what I really admire about your work, Lindsay, is that not only are you like brilliantly talented and smart obviously with your background but you're a leader and you love you love leading people you love gathering people and really creating these intentional groups cuz i was in one of them too yeah. we did that <laughs> we did that study of yes. an online launch yes which meant so much to me and and just what you're describing is so true about being on a video. It, the more you do it, just the more you find your voice, the more comfortable you are. And then when you get knee deep into it, the more you realize how much of an impact you're making because so many people have more time to watch content than to read it. Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you find that your viewers they reach out to you and have, you know, some connection. Is that, is that fun for you or it is, it is fun. Uh, I've got, I actually have two YouTube channels. One is the
2: traveling therapist and then the other one is for, um, is for passing the license exam. So because I had such a horrific time, uh, Mm -hmm. going through the license exam, I decided that I was going to become a saying grounded exam anxiety coach Yay. and I was um, encouraged to start to start a separate channel specifically all about passing the mm-hmm. licensed marriage and family therapy exam. And so I did. And so I get a lot more people connecting with me on that specific channel because it is just a huge issue, which mm-hmm. is exam anxiety. and I love connecting with people and encouraging people on their mm-hmm. on their in their studying and keeping motivated. And what do you do if you uh, pass? What do you do mm-hmm. if you not pass? <laughs> that, what do
0: you do? How do you
1: keep going? I love it. So you really refined a niche. That's so <laughs> to me, that's like such a sliver of, of the whole world. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, and you're finding that that's where you have the most connection. Yeah. With, with that kind of like online conversation around the videos that's interesting oh you're doing so many great things you do so many things Lizzie how do you have the time (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) I think I think uh,
2: I think it's it's kind of the same thing with the personal growth is Mm -hmm. uh, to do something and to keep doing it well until you find something else that's just a little bit more um, that's going to help you grow a little bit more And so I think that helped me with the kind of being a wide, uh, having a wide interest with the mental health blog. And then now Mm -hmm. I'm able to niche down into working with, you know, individual clients online and then Mm -hmm. also working with individual coaching clients.
1: Wow. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's interesting. This conversation helps me to understand the flow of how you, you know, really, have pushed yourself, like you, you, you pushed yourself so much to just grow and realize your dharma of helping people, and in so many specific ways. I'm, I just, my hats are off to you. Thank you so much. You're doing so much great work. What is so? Tell me what's going on with all of your projects this fall, because you must have some lineup happening here.
2: So, yeah, so for Mm -hmm. my uh, staying grounded exam anxiety coaching, I actually sponsor a free online study group. And so we (gasps) meet weekly. And then off of that, um, I do monthly group coaching calls to kind of help uh, guide people through their MFT exam process. And then Mm -hmm. I have individual coaching calls with uh, anybody who's having having the exam pretty soon and they, they need some extra support um then uh for therapy it's a it's a ongoing uh, it's an ongoing process just connecting with the people who I'm Mm -hmm. gonna serve the best and we meet and we meet weekly and uh it's just yeah it's just kind of an ongoing process of how can I be of service in the most effective way and um for whatever time period the client is feeling like I am, you know, providing value for them.
1: Wow. Did they find you online? Do you actively look for clients or they just find you? So, uh,
2: the best way that we get clients is usually through referrals. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I've been uh, working on networking with uh, other therapists. I've been working with, um, with other communities just to see if there, if they're basically, if a client of mine is in there that I haven't yet met or connected (laughs) with. Um, So, keeping, I guess, keeping my options open in terms of making connections with new people is, is also something that I'm really passionate about. And making networking easy because that's something that a lot of my colleagues are talking about is a struggle as well as the whole networking process and who do we connect with and, and how is that um, going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. So, um, so th- mm-hmm. I'm finding that through these online study groups, it's giving us a framework for how to, how to create free online networking groups.
1: That's really brilliant. I um I, I love that because, you know, networking online is so expansive, right? I know you're you're um you're a licensed California therapist. Mm-hmm. But perhaps, you know, if you know of other therapists in other areas of the state or wherever, you guys can refer one another and really build a nice professional community that way. That's that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. I am. Um, so as far as this fall, you have your weekly coaching groups and you're serving your therapy clients. Is there anything else happening? Anything, anything else you want to share? I, I think, think that's about, <laughs> I think that's about it. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. I can't wait to, to look at your, your next videos for, helping me prepare for Thanksgiving and lots of family time mm-hmm. <laughs> with extended family I haven't seen in 2 years. <laughs> so I'll be brushing up on that when I um on your YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> help myself grow there. And you know, we are talking my my podcast is about sharing secrets and I'm wondering as a licensed therapist if you have any secrets that you can share to help our listeners feel better instantly? Sure. Maybe, um, yeah, anything.
2: Yeah. So uh, something that I was thinking about is, um, it's something that I learned in the recovery community, actually. And it's kind of an instant self-assessment mm-hmm. that if, uh, if we're not quite in tune with what is wrong, we can ask ourselves uh, this acronym. And then we can kind of focus on what is going on, kind of checking in with our body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the acronym is HALT, and it might be very familiar to some people, and it might be something that you've never heard before, but it's, um, it's in the recovery community. So, um, so H stands for hungry,
0: mm-hmm.
2: A stands for angry, L stands for lonely, and T stands for tired.
1: Mm-hmm. So when, I,
2: so when I'm asking myself, uh, I run through this little checklist for my health and And whatever's going on, I can quickly determine what my body's needs are right now. Mm -hmm. And I can ask myself, how can I satisfy this so that I'm not experiencing um, further distress or I'm not acting out of my distress? And so when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm mm-hmm. angry, I separate myself and, and journal or ask myself what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm lonely, I connect with loved ones or a friend. And when I'm tired, I either take a nap or I go to bed or <laughs> I
1: take a quick break. I love that. This is great. I've never heard this. I love that you're sharing this. I, I feel like these four things can really soothe us. Throughout the day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Really attend so. to those immediate things to get the mind body connection sorted out. This that is so lovely. I'm going to include that in the show notes, and I will have your websites, your multiple links. I I love that you have a YouTube channel and um, and you have a Facebook you have a Facebook group to Facebook business page. I have a Facebook business page. Yeah. And then I also
2: have a you can book me page where it's real easy to connect with me for a free 15 minute connection call. And I just talk about everything that I offer and then hear what's going on with you.
1: Oh, I love that. That's, I've, I've done that with you. And it's very powerful, because you can learn more about what Lindsay does there. It's, she has a an exhaustive way of coaching. You do coaching too, right? I do. Yeah, I have a
2: connection and direction life coaching that was birthed when I realized that it wasn't going to be as easy as I thought to get my license.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so glad that you're sharing it with the world. Because um, like you said, that's more of an education-led program as opposed right. to processing of therapy therapy sometimes that's that fits the bill for us or for for me in particular I know um well I really want to thank you for joining me and I will talk to you soon and I I just want to wish you a happy holiday oh you too um I know that Halloween is coming up so yeah it's exciting (laughs) I hope your family enjoys it and has a lot of fun. I really appreciate talking with you and I'll, I'll circle back with you soon, Lindsay. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Okay. bye. Bye.
0: If you are curious about how to realize total body vitality and want to build better connectivity with your body, mind and spirit, book a free connection call to explore the various practices that may benefit your personal health. Book the call at calendly.com forward slash Prana. You will learn so much in this call about your body that no matter if we decide to work together, you will be empowered with a solid action plan to help you begin mastering the five steps to total body vitality in your body.